On February 25, 2023, a Doni teacher, a health YouTuber with over 190,000 followers, revealed in a video on her YouTube channel that she is the daughter of the father victim in the Jungin family murder case. This brought the case back into the spotlight. She said her father remarried, meaning she had a stepmother and stepbrother who was six years older than her. She said that in the year she entered middle school, her father and stepmother had a baby, making the baby her younger step-sibling. Her older stepbrother killed her stepmother, father, and younger step-sibling during a time of less than five hours. A Doni teacher said she still cries when she pictures her father's body slashed up and in the trunk of a car. She said that she started a YouTube channel with the hopes that the suspects could be punished after publicizing what happened. Andoni teacher continues to experience agonizing pain, no matter how much time passes. Today we take a closer look at this unforgettable case, the Jungin family murder case, when in 2017, a wife and her husband killed his biological mother, stepfather, and step-sibling. The reason for the killings was money, but this case attracted attention for how cruel it was. Let's take a look. The case began on October 25th, 2017. Around 11 p.m., a woman went to the apartment of her older sister, surnamed Lee, in the Choin district in the Gyeonggi province, city of Yongin. The woman visited her older sister's home because she was unreachable for a few days. When she saw the apartment's security code had been changed, she called 119. When firefighters and police arrived at the apartment, they saw that the door to Lee's home was locked. And so they roped down from the floor above and entered the apartment unit. According to firefighters and police at the time, the apartment had been thoroughly cleaned and no one was home. Then one firefighter was looking through the master bedroom and found something covered in a blanket on the veranda. It was a person's foot. Two bodies were found covered in a blanket. They were the bodies of a 14-year-old boy surnamed Chun and his mother surnamed Lee. They had multiple knife cuts on their necks and chests, and their faces were seriously mutilated. Strangely, flour was all over their bodies. The day after the discoveries of the bodies of the mother and son, the stabbed body of the father of the family was found in a rental car in the basement parking lot of a condo in Kamon province. That man was the father, surnamed Chun, a workout YouTuber and Doni teacher. Police looked at CCTV footage and determined that the family's oldest son, 35-year-old Kim Song-gwan, entered the home four days before the bodies were found on October 21st. He was made the prime suspect in the case. Let's delve deeper into what happened that day. The prime suspect is said to have received financial support from his mother for two years after he got married. Their relationship soured after Kim kept on asking for money and his mother kept on refusing. Kim decided to kill his mother to extort money. He visited his mother's home and brutally killed her and his younger step-sibling. 
After the killings, he is said to have carried out his mother's cell phone and answered her calls. That's not all. He is said to have called up his stepfather. His stepfather, who was meeting with local alumni, left the scene when he received a call from his stepson, Kim. Kim and his stepfather got into a car together and headed for Kangwon province. Kim told his stepfather that they were going to Kangwon province to see a pension that was up for sale. Then around 8 p.m., at a rest area along a quiet road in Pyeongchang, which had no CCTV cameras, Kim attacked Chun with a knife and murdered him. Kim didn't just stop there. He loaded his stepfather's body onto the trunk and headed to a condo in Hwangseong, where his wife and kids were. The following day, a day before he was supposed to check out, Kim left the body of his stepfather in the rental car in the condo's parking lot and headed for Seoul. Then on the next day, Kim Sung-gwan withdrew a large sum of money from his mother's account and departed for New Zealand with his wife and two young daughters, one of them two years old and the other seven months. After carrying out his crimes, Kim Sung-gwan withdrew some 120 million won a number of times from his mother's account. He exchanged the money to New Zealand dollars around 100,000, showing how meticulous he was in his planning. He was also found to have purchased 3 million won worth of luxury goods from duty-free stores and spent another 1 million won for a total of 4 million won of shopping. When they arrived in New Zealand, they purchased a Mercedes SUV, as well as new furniture. They basically began a new life. Overseas Koreans in New Zealand thought something was off about Kim's family, and this led to tip-offs. Kim's family had all of a sudden moved to a luxurious home in a new city and bought many home appliances. This was suspicious to overseas Koreans there, and so they reported it to Korean police as well as the Korean consulate there. The consulate worried that Kim might flee. The consulate reported Kim's history of theft to New Zealand police, and he was arrested. His wife Chong reportedly denied any knowledge of the murders. In a call with her family, who told her to come back to Korea, she said Kim was arrested for some theft back in the day, but he will be released soon. Their plan to carry out the perfect crime and move to New Zealand started to fall apart. Eventually, on January 11, 2018, Kim Sung-gwan, the prime suspect, was repatriated back to Korea some 70 days after the crime. Chung took her kids and voluntarily returned to Korea. He told Korean police, When my mother remarried, I didn't have a good relationship with her new family, and I had financial troubles with them, so I accidentally carried out this crime. He said in his testimony that he carried out the crime alone. He said that he accidentally killed his mother while fighting with her, but police said the fact that Kim prepared a knife and used a rental car to take his stepfather to Kangwon province for a potential pension business made the crime premeditated. Kim is said to have been at the condo with his wife and kids a day before the case. He is said to have called the condo's front desk to talk to his wife, surnamed Chong, because she didn't have a cell phone. Kim is said to have told his wife, I caught two and there's only one left. But this phone automatically recorded calls and this recording was a decisive piece of evidence. 
It was helpful when questioning Kim, who was accused of murder, and his wife Chung, who was accused of being an accomplice. His wife Chung continued to deny any knowledge of the crime as instructed by her husband. Kim Sung-gwan lost his father at a young age and was raised by his maternal grandmother. His mother was considerate enough to get remarried when Kim was an adult. Kim and his mother apparently talked on the phone often too. His mother's love for her son was said to be extraordinary, sending him to study in New Zealand and providing him with all the financial support he needed. The problem was with Kim Sung-wan. His mother, who had provided him with living expenses and other financial support, stopped sending money in August 2016 after she got remarried. His mother is said to have refused to meet him on October 2017, and so investigators believed he carried out the crime to steal her wealth. When he carried out the crime, Kim is said to have been in debt with his in-laws around 60 million won and with financial institutions, 5 million won. His wife Chong is said to have been in debt with financial institutions, 15 million won. He was also known as a habitual liar. He is said to have lied to his wife Chung as well as those around him. He introduced to everyone that he was an executive director at a global construction group in the United Kingdom and was an elite in the construction industry in New Zealand. He said he would soon inherit two buildings from his paternal grandfather. He also told his sister-in-law and his acquaintance's daughter that he would get them jobs at the group he was working for and that he would provide support for them to study abroad. But in actuality, Kim worked odd jobs at a New Zealand construction site and his paternal grandfather was living in the countryside as a recipient of basic living. The mother who had provided financial support for two years after Kim got married rejected him after he kept on asking for money. He kept on lying to those around him and he was desperate. That is when he is said to have planned to escape to New Zealand. From then on, he started a rumor that his mother was trying to steal his wealth. Even his in-laws thought she was the evil person because he said she threatened him to kidnap and kill their granddaughter. Experts said the reason for Kim's actions was because he wanted to make others the bad guy to cover up for his lies. They said that he blamed his mother for everything and he could have started to believe his own lies. In other words, he was a pathological liar. He made his mother evil and he was eaten away by his own lies. He even insulted his mother and step-sibling after he killed them, telling his wife at the time, I hunted down too. There was a massive amount of sympathetic public opinion at the time, as Kim's lies basically deceived his wife Chong. She was told by her family that Kim lied a lot and not to trust him. But she is said to have trusted Kim and depended on him. When she was at a detention center after her arrest, Chung is said to have submitted multiple petitions claiming that she was innocent. She said, My mother-in-law tried to kidnap and kill my daughter, and so I had no choice. Even when she was detained, she believed that her husband's lies were true. 
Experts said she might have been too accustomed to her husband's lies, that she was unable to break away from them. On May 24, 2018, the court handed Kim Sung-kwan life in prison and his wife Chong eight years behind bars. Chong was charged with abetting and not conspiracy to murder. Prosecutors appealed, but they received the same sentences during the appeals trial. Chong's sentence of eight years was confirmed and she will be released in 2025. At the time, the court said she did suggest the use of sleeping pills to her husband when he killed his mother, but didn't instruct him how to act. His wife Chong did use a tablet PC to search for carotid arteries, cutting deeply and hammers, as well as search for the handing over process for criminals who have fled overseas. She could have intervened further, but she said the tablet PC was her husband's and not hers. Chong did present a note of protest in front of reporters. It read, I didn't do it for the money. I did it to save my daughters. What parent wouldn't be mad if they heard that someone would kidnap and kill their daughters? I've been deceived by my husband for three years. Everything was a lie. Please help me. Pei Sangun, a profiler who analyzed what Chong said, said there is a possibility that she was the main culprit. She said she was deceived by her husband, but there is the opinion that she could have gaslighted her husband, telling him that his mother's money was his money. The duty-free store shopping spree that they went on could have been to purchase items for the wife, as most of them were luxury bags and wallets for women. This made the public very angry. Chong, who entered the country with Kim, had 20 million won with her. Kim had killed his mother, taken out a large sum of money, and offered it to his wife. Chong, who had never met her wealthy in-laws after getting married, said she carried out the crime after being deceived by Kim. She said Kim told her about his crimes, but denied intervening. The fact that she was never recognized as an accomplice makes people uncomfortable. YouTuber Ondoni Teacher said Kim likely carried out the crime after his mother, who had taken such good care of him when he was younger, shifted her attention to her younger son. While Kim faces life imprisonment, Chong will soon be released after serving out her sentence behind bars. Profiler Pei Sangun still questions the difference between the main culprit and accomplices and deplores the fact that someone who aided in the murder of three people only gets eight years in prison. That's all for today. Thanks for watching.